this is a song called This Is Amazing Grace uh, by Phil Wickham. Um, it's kind of an upbeat, kind of happy song about grace. So, here we go.
For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Let us pray. Father, how wonderful it would be if that would sink in. How wonderful it would be if we realized the truth that is in Psalm 103. When we tie that to the cross, to what Jesus did for us, we see the greatest love story ever, and we should be a thankful people. Father, in this time, as we look at your word, let it stick with us. Let it change us. No matter where we've been and what we have done. In Jesus' name, amen. I love all of those verses, but verse 10 really leaps out at me. It's one of those verses to underline and to highlight and to memorize. Psalm 103.10. He does not punish us for all of our sins, and he does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. We would all probably give testimony to that, that we have been given way better than we deserve. So the surprise of God's grace is something that as you prepare for Thanksgiving should be in your thoughts. And there's so many examples in my life, in this room, in Scripture. But let's look at one familiar old New Testament story from Luke chapter 19 as we think about God's grace from Scripture. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region, and he'd become very rich by cheating people is how they got very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. So Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. And meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I'll give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I cheated people on their taxes, I'll give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to his home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. But the Son of Man comes to seek and save those who are lost. Through that story, we're going to look at four principles today. Number one, if you want to get close to Jesus, you can. Number two, don't let anything get in your way. Be persistent. Number three, allow Jesus into your private life. And then number four, transformation is evident. But first, point number one, if you want to get close to Jesus, you can. Zacchaeus was hated, chief tax collector, and a sinner. And it's interesting that Luke tells us that Zacchaeus wanted to get close to Jesus. I wonder why. I wonder what prompted his journey. Did he have a sister that was asking people to pray for my brother Zacchaeus? Did he have a neighbor? Did he have a friend? Did he hear about the miracles of Jesus? 
Or maybe just maybe he saw the change in Matthew's life. Did he go to the party at Matthew's house? As you know, Matthew once was a tax collector. Or did he hear about the party, the change in Matthew? We refresh your memory on the story of Matthew. Matthew chapter 9, beginning at verse 9. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. What if Zacchaeus was one of those? I don't know. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, Healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. And then he added, Now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I've come to call them not those who think they're righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Whatever reason, Zacchaeus was ready. <clears throat> Remember the principle, if you want to get close to Jesus, you can. If you're not a Christian, that one's for you. If you are a Christian, you indeed can get closer. Remember these words from James chapter 4, verse 8, the first part. Draw close to God and he'll draw close to you. You know that. We began looking at Psalm 103.10. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. I wonder if somebody shared that with Zacchaeus. I wonder if they showed him that writing. David wrote Psalm 103. Surely Zacchaeus knew how King David had a checkered past and a dark story. And then he read that verse or shared that verse. We don't know. He wanted to get close to Jesus. And because he wanted to, and because he was too short to see, he taught us the next principle. Don't let anything get in your way. Be persistent. You know the story, you've heard it since childhood. He was persistent in his effort to get to Jesus. And we're told that he climbed a sycamore fig tree. And because the internet is so easy and my wife is so smart, that's what they look like. <laughs> now that kind of helped me once I saw it because that's a pretty good tree. And I guess we could Photoshop somebody up in the tree like that. But he got up in the V and then climbed up to a branch just to get above everybody so he could see. And he persevered despite obstacles. He, he wasn't going to let anything get in his tree. Children climb trees. Arborists climb trees. Tax collectors don't climb trees. But he did that day because he didn't want anything to get in his way. Today, if we're not careful, we'll let all sorts of things get in our way. We can let sin hurt feelings, or wrong priorities, or guilt, or lack of teaching, or apathy, the list can be endless. Sometimes it's just busyness that gets in our way. He's going to be mad at me for bragging on him, but I have to. Mitch Hagens works in Canada, flies out early in the week, and flies back late in the week. He's real busy this week, he wasn't supposed to come home, but he landed at Atlanta Airport at 11.30 last night, and he takes off at 7.30 this evening. But he wanted to come and be in church and teach Sunday school. He could have let that get his way, couldn't he? But he didn't. And this applies to all of us. Don't let anything get in your way. Don't let anything stand in your way. Anybody who has to get a young child ready for church, 
is our stars in their crowns. Our grandson is with us today. I just got to swing out and leave early, and the rest of them did what they could to get him here. He's here. But if you have to get a child ready, bravo for you. Don't let anything stand in your way. So after wanting to be closed, not letting anything get in his way, Zacchaeus was rewarded. Look at verse 5 and 6 of Luke 19. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus, called him by name, Zacchaeus. He said, quick, come down and be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down, took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. And this is a shocker to those in the crowd. Many there had to be hoping that Jesus would get a rope and hang Zacchaeus out of that tree. At least they thought that Jesus would chew him out at least, make him just a laughing stock of the town and should let him have it. And instead of blessing him out, Jesus blesses him. And isn't that what he does with us? The people grumbled, Luke 19, 7. They were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. Can you imagine how Zacchaeus felt? He knew how the people around him thought of him. And then the Son of God stops and calls him by name. And yet he wasn't mad. He didn't talk about his sin and his failures. Jesus knew his name. I love that. God knows your name too. And he loves you too. And we need to accept that. Zacchaeus certainly did. And the crowd fumes and stews as Zacchaeus is about to learn the truth. Psalms 103.10 He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. Let's look at principle three. Allow Jesus into your private life. Zacchaeus took Jesus home. We have to do that too. And Zacchaeus had no idea Jesus was coming, so he had no time to scrape down. And I don't know what Zacchaeus' house looked like, but our homes usually look better when we know nothing's coming. He didn't know. What it was like, I don't know. But we do know that Christianity is not a Sunday thing. It's every moment of every day thing. And it has to affect our private life. The daily commitment Jesus to be welcome in all of the areas, in our most private areas, in our relationships, in our attitudes, in our finances, in our viewing habits, in our business deals, and all that we do. If there's an area where Jesus isn't welcome in your life, that needs to change. He's there anyway. We need to know that he's there when we acknowledge the fact we're different people. Finally, part four. Transformation is obvious. Change is obvious. Luke 19, 8. Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I'll give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I've cheated people on the taxes, I'll give them back four times as much, way more than the law required. The proof came. The transformation came. It was evident. And you've seen that in so many lives. The ex-thief is now a giver. The ex-lover of money is now a lover of the poor and needy. And the sinner is now a forgiven child of God. And that is grace. And that is Zacchaeus' story and it is my story and I hope it's your story. Monday morning I went up to Cummings to see Mr. Hayes. And 
there's a tool store a couple of miles from the care center where he lives. And I love tools, and so I had to go to the tool store. I was the only one in there. I was looking at stuff, and the man behind the counter said, I can answer any questions, let me know. And I looked at him, and I said, what is the meaning of life? <laughs> he kind of looked at me, and I said, no, that's okay. So he went back to his paperwork, and I went back looking at tools. Found a compressor, a little compressor I was interested in, and I asked him, what do you know about this? I said, I do have a question for you that you can't answer. He said, well, are you a tradesman? What do you do? I said, well, I'm a minister, but I don't do pills. But I told him what I'd use it for. He said, I was about to answer your question about the meaning of life. I said, really? Yeah. He said, I died six months ago. And so I go up to the counter, and I said, tell me your story. Uh, he uh, was at home and had an internal bleed and could just feel life leaving him. He said, the first miracle was my 19-year-old son was home on a Friday night. The man's name was Gary. He said, so he called 911, and they came to get me, and they took me to the hospital, and they my, called my daughter, and my son and daughter were there. And he said, I wasn't, they told him I wasn't going to make it. His wife had died 16 years before when the boy was three and the girl was five. All he could think about in his state was, my kids are going to be orphaned, and the daughter tells the doctor, you've got to save my dad. Because of his condition, the hospital wasn't equipped to deal with it. However, there were two doctors visiting, working on a new computer system, whose specialty just happened to be internal medicine. They jumped right in there and saved his life. And he said, I shouldn't be here. I said, well... Sounds like God has some plans for you. He said, yeah, but I've been so bad to God for so long. And he started talking about grace, his new life ahead. But then he said something. He told me some more stories, and I'll just share one more. He said, God has been so good to me, and I've been so absent or AWOL. He said, when my wife died 16 years ago, she died at home. But when she was in the hospital, she loved the soft ice that you could get at the hospital, and they had a special machine that made the soft ice, and it was one of her few pleasures she could have. I thought when she was home, I would get a machine to make that kind of ice for her. And I called the hospital, and the machines are horribly expensive, and I said, well, let me think about it, and we'll probably order one because it's the one thing she liked. He was visiting a neighbor that afternoon and told him about the ice machine and the hospital. The neighbor says, let me call my brother, the neighbor's brother on the Manitowoc Ice Machine Company. The next day, an ice machine comes to the house free of charge. His <coughs> wife could enjoy ice. And he said, you know, God has tried to get my attention for so long, and he's finally got it. What Gary deserved? Oh, I don't know. His second chance, his third chance, his fourth chance. But he's got it. Because God does not treat us as we deserve or hold everything against us. He loves you.